Adams, it's time. It's time to lay down our warrior regalia, shields, armors, and just crawl to the cave. This is Adam's cave. Eves, you're also welcome on board. It's always a great pleasure to have you joining in, and we always know Adam will always need a helper. So for our visitors, Adam's cave is a space where we discuss matters affecting men and the people that men love so dearly and passionately. So we endeavor to be very candid and concise and very clear in the conversation. I'm your host, Kese Jackie Protich, and it's always a delight to have you in the cave. Our lines of engagement, remember, is 20933 or 0717-400-555. Or you could just drop us a line on the comment section on OPFM or Hop TV section, YouTube pages, just go in there and we'll be very happy to hear from you. Now, occasionally, one is invited for a birthday party, maybe a one-year or a two-year-old child. And the invitees most times are adults just chatting away and happily oblivious of the guest of honor, maybe one year or two years old. Now, whereas that's Kawaida, that's Kenyan word for normal, Rev Kwame Rubadiri raised a very pertinent question last week by drawing an attention to a wealthy man who would offer a sacrifice to God whenever his children went to party. And the reason was just in case the children sinned or cast God in their hearts. So today we ask, what's the role of a man in raising an altar? So welcome to the conversation on raising a family altar, raising a family altar, raising a family altar. It's my absolute honor and privilege to host a man. He's a father, he's a husband, and he's a Bible expositor. He's a very ardent reader and a minister who's extremely passionate in matters, missions, prayer, and the word. That man is the presiding bishop of Christ, is the answer ministries, Bishop Callisto Dede. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kepro Teacher. A joy to be with you in this forum. We are so happy. I know your schedule has been so busy, <laughs> and we are so happy to finally have you in the cave. No, it's a great joy <laughs> to be able to uh, share with uh, a fellow men like myself uh, go, who go through certain journeys and experiences, uh, learn from our mistakes, our failures, but also draw from our strengths. Yes. Yes. Oh, welcome, Bishop. Thank I know, you. I know many people know you already. Yes. But I'm not sure that people know you when you're not in the pulpit or you're not chairing the meetings. Who is Reverend Bishop Callisto Dede? Uh, interesting <laughs> question. I, I, don't, I don't know what extent uh, people would want to know me. Uh, I think majority of people would know me from uh, the pulpit preaching and my various roles in public, uh, a role of uh, a pastor, a role of uh, uh, a bishop, uh, uh, a conference speaker and the like. But uh, even beyond the public, I do have uh, uh, some other roles that are fairly private. I have the role of a father. I have the role of a husband, which I try to play uh, to my best knowledge and ability. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, uh, I've known the Lord for a number of years. God saved uh, when I was a high school student. And uh, that's uh, uh, going close to 42 years ago when I gave my heart to the Lord. Uh, went through my education system, the universities, then started uh, getting involved in Christian ministry 38 years ago. And uh, have been uh, in Christian ministry ever since. Uh, got married uh, 31 years ago. Uh, we got children. Our oldest son is 28 years old now and uh, three boys. Uh, apart from that, uh, uh, 
basically uh, uh, do uh, the husbandry role <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> of, <laughs> of trying to be able to uh, uh, work with my wife and uh, do life together as we also uh, uh, take care of our uh, sons. Thank, yeah. you. Thank yeah. you, Bishop. Yeah. I think it's very nice to know you on that other part. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you sing, handling the word. Yeah. But I noticed something very interesting about you, Bishop. You're a Baptist preacher. You are a Catholic Bible study leader. <laughs> You're a Pentecostal. <laughs> uh, interesting. You forgot Presbyterian as well. <laughs> uh, interesting. The, the Lord has, uh, for some strange reason, given me a very diverse kind of uh, background. Uh, in my early days, I had a Catholic background. I became born again uh, uh, when I was a Catholic. And I was in a Catholic school, a very rigid, strict uh, Catholic school, which did not allow any Protestant activity uh, to take place. So I got saved when I was in Form 4. And uh, when I got saved, I, uh, I, I, I started witnessing to some of my friends in school, in this boarding school. Mm -hmm. And a few of my friends uh, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we, we started meeting quietly, secretly in the hockey pitch uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, but the team grew so large, we became about 15, and they began feeling, uh, why can't we ask permission to be allowed to gather together uh, in, in, in the school? So I went and asked permission. Uh, initially, we were refused, but later on, uh, uh, the deputy principal allowed us to uh, have permission, uh, not just allowed us, but offered uh, a Bible study guide for us to use, and they also offered to join us. This was a Catholic school with Catholic brothers, <laughs> so the Catholic brothers actually joined uh, our, our Bible study, and that's the first Bible study I ever led in my life as a student, leading my teachers mm -hmm. and leading fellow students. Uh, but a Bible study, a group that continued for many, many years afterwards, uh, uh, the joy I have is that a number of people who passed through that study are now bishops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, some of them are serving the Lord in wow. different studies, uh, a number that I led to the Lord. Amen. So that's my Catholic background. Then, of course, uh, uh, when I got saved in, in, in the town where I lived, I became a member of uh, uh, the PAG Church, the Pentecostal. That's where I was baptized. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where my mother uh, was going. But there was a Baptist church which was not too far. They had a missionary pastor who was a very good Bible expositor but it was a secessionist Baptist kind, uh, the kind that believed that miracles were assist. over, assist, <laughs> they are not taking place. Mm -hmm. So uh, on Sunday morning, I would actually go to my Pentecostal church, and then I also had an experience with the Holy Spirit by reading a book written by an Anglican, mm -hmm. uh, a very, very powerful experience. I became filled by the Holy Spirit, uh, and I would go to uh, my Pentecostal church in the morning. In the afternoon at uh, 4 o'clock, because this Baptist preacher, missionary, would conduct, Bibles, uh, mm. would conduct Bible exposition. I would attend those sessions. Mm. So uh, two, two churches on the same day. <laughs> or different. <laughs> different time. Yes. Then, of course, later on in my life, when I was studying out of the country, uh, my wife and I went to a Presbyterian church. Uh, uh, then uh, later on in my ministry, uh, continued serving in my Pentecostal church, but the Baptist came to request uh, if I could go and become their pastor. So spent six years uh, as a Baptist minister uh, before coming back to become a Pentecostal bishop. <laughs> I think, Bishop, that is really, really unique, really unique, because I think I've known you differently. Every, when I know, I know how you can be a Pentecostal, I can be a Baptist, really, really amazing, Bishop. Yeah, yeah. There's something I think we'll indulge you today on a bit of um, 
as we discuss the family altar mm -hmm. and some of the difficult things that we look at mm -hmm. in affecting men. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is I think one of my friends who is an accountant really felt that I was really wasteful of a job in the Bible to mm -hmm. offer sacrifice after children have parted. And of course he was wealthy, so there mm -hmm. must have been many, mm -hmm. many, yeah. many parties. Yeah. And the reason was just in case mm -hmm. the children have sinned, just mm -hmm. in case they cast cause their hearts. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering, what is that? Mm -hmm. Is it something yeah, expected? Yeah. What was that about? Yeah, I think Job's role was the role of, uh, uh, I think a role of every parent. Uh, it wasn't just a role for uh, uh, the fact that uh, he had uh, wealth, uh, so he needed to, he could uh, afford to squander some sacrifices. Mm -hmm. I think it is a role for every parent because uh, 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 as a parent, my wife and I pray for our children every day. Every day. We pray. We, with the name, we mention their names every day. So this morning we prayed for our boys. There's no, no day we don't pray for them. We pray for our children every day and we mention their names every day. Wow. I'm sure some Eves are very happy right now to you say the bishop. And some madams not go home early today. And I think that kind of a role yes. is a parental role that uh, you cover your children mm. uh, uh, because they are your responsibility. Uh, if you don't, who else is praying for your children? Uh, you may be the only person praying for your children in the whole world. Uh, so uh, so uh, if God is to hear their names, uh, God would ask and say, that, you know, Isaiah the prophet says that, that although Abraham may not know us, uh, but you are our father. Uh, and and, and uh, Isaiah is saying this in the context of prayer when he says, although Abraham may not know us, but you are our father. Now, if, Abraham, if, if, if Isaiah is saying that the prophet is saying that uh, 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 there are some people who may be in heaven that do not know us, uh, but uh, God himself needs to know us. And one of the best ways of God knowing our children is for us to constantly be introducing our children to God, be telling God, Lord, remember this one, remember this one. And I think that's what Job was doing, that responsibility. But he was not just doing it uh, uh, as an intercessor. He was also doing it as one who was concerned that uh, uh, perhaps his children might stray and they may stray in their sins. And the way of dealing with sin in those days was through uh, sacrifices. So it was like a person repenting on behalf of his children. Uh, and that's why he was offering those sacrifices on behalf of his children, so that his children could actually uh, uh, be sanctified in case any of them had strayed away. Mm. That's a role for uh, fathers, a role for parents, not just fathers, a role for mothers. Okay. And uh, a role that uh, my wife and I have, have taken very seriously. Uh, it doesn't matter whether the children are doing well, whether they're doing bad, mm. uh, God needs to hear the names of your children. Uh, for us, it is every day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. Wow, Bishop. Is that what Pentecostals or who call it family altar? <laughs> or, or where did the family altar name come from? The name of the family altar is slightly different mm -hmm. because uh, 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 when, we, when we talk of the family altar, it's, uh, 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 let me explain first. An altar is this place of sacrifice where uh, uh, individuals would come and they would offer sacrifice to God. And uh, the idea is uh, 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 it, it had several purposes. Uh, it was a place for offering, just offering of thanksgiving and appreciation. It was a place of uh, seeking for forgiveness, offering uh, different kinds of offerings that people would bring to the altar. Now, in the New Testament economy, there is no altar per se 
that actually we can create. For there was only one altar that has been offered. Mm -hmm. And the Bible speaks in the book of Hebrews that Christ has entered in once for all with his own precious blood. So there is no other altar that we really can offer to the Lord. But we use that terminology, quote unquote, to refer to these moments within the family setting when you gather your family together and, and, and you come and you, uh, 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 you pray together, uh, you read the word of God together, uh, uh, and basically family devotion would be another, how to conduct family devotions would be another phrase for that. So uh, it's that family devotion that we actually call a family altar, uh, a time when you gather together with your family. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, uh, whether what I'm doing with my wife is what you'd refer to as family devotion, mm -hmm. I would say no, that's our prayer time with my wife. <laughs> family devotions is where we, 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 we get joined together with, with the children as well. Uh, and uh, we tend to do that in the evenings. And my comment is that it varies on the, uh, 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 depending on the age group of your children, how you need to do that. Uh, because uh, uh, when you are just the two of you, we do what we are doing with, the, with my wife because it's just the two of you. So, so, so you pray together, you read the Bible together when you're just the two of you. Uh, but when children start coming in the family, then you have to shape that family altar and that family devotion to accommodate for children. Okay. Uh, and, and, and that means that uh, there are moments when uh, uh, children uh, may not be uh, as mature uh, to engage with you at the level that you are. So you need to think of how do we do it in a way that our children can also be able to participate regardless of their ages. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so you change accordingly. So we started uh, uh, using our example. And our example, mm. I may not say that this is a good <laughs> example for you to follow. It's, it's a learning example, a journey that we, we ourselves have gone through. And, uh, 31 what, years, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> what we have done, some things we have found that work, some things that don't work. Mm. And, 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 and we adjust, we relax, we relax about it, we don't, uh, 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 we don't quarrel about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the danger with having a family devotion is that if you are a pastor like myself, uh, the tendency is that you, you think I'm going to preach <laughs> to my family. So you get up there, you preach. And, and now, uh, that way, uh, uh, it, it's, it's not that as a man, or if you are a man, you think... Uh, I'm going to get my family together and then I preach for them. Yes. Th that's not really the idea. The idea is that if you are the head of the home as a man, mm. and now that I'm speaking to men mainly, uh, then you need to make sure that that is going on. So set up a system where family devotions is actually taking place. Whether you are there or you are not there, uh, family devotions can take place. Yes. Uh, if you are there, you give a kind of leadership, uh, uh, so, as I said, uh, just drawing from my example, when our children were very young, uh, uh, when my wife and I were alone, we just did it ourselves. We, we, uh, uh, we used uh, uh, a devotional uh, that at some point uh, uh, every day with Jesus, oh, yes. and uh, we, we used that to just the two of us. Uh, then the children came around, and uh, uh, we tried one or two others, and, and we discovered that those were two. <laughs> Too concentrated. Mm -hmm. So we got a, a, a children's uh, a devotion, and where we would read a scripture, 
and there are some brief commentary. It has nice pictures and drawings. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so our children would be able to look at those pictures and drawings. So we, 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 it's called TOPS, mm -hmm. T-O-P-Z, uh, TOPS, T-O-P-Z. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. so, so we use TOPS uh, for quite a while. So, uh, and then uh, at some point when the children were able to participate, uh, then we divided the days, mm -hmm. uh, all the days of, uh, uh, of the week, uh, 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 Monday was uh, our uh, oldest son, Tuesday the next one, th th uh, Wednesday the next one. Even the house help mm. had her own day when she was praying. And then uh, and, uh, the weekends were my days. Uh, so that day the person would call us together. That day the person would give you, you are reading the Bible, you, you are reading uh, uh, Tops, yes. and uh, I am praying. Uh, the first one is giving the leadership. Now, as the man of the home, you just need to make sure that system is working. Uh, it's, uh, everyone can play their roles. Mm. Now, when the children are young, they do not know how to pray very long. They can pray three sentences or so. You, you don't rubbish their prayers by saying, now we'll pray properly. <laughs> uh, we were just trying. Uh, once they are prayed, take it they are prayed. Yes. And, and God has heard that prayer, even if it is just three sentences or so, and say amen with a hearty and thank them for praying for you, uh, for the family today. Yes. Uh, so each person has their day. Mm -hmm. So it, it moves then. Uh, uh, to the extent, if you are not there, it, it, it just rolls on its own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the role of the, 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 the man of the home to be able to set a, a module. If, uh, if you don't use a devotion, you may decide we, use, we are reading through the Bible. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you decide you're reading through the Bible, then you decide which book are we, are we doing. Uh, mm -hmm. I found it a little uh, also good to sometimes engage them. Which book are we going to read together as, as we go along? Mm -hmm. uh, but as their ages are uh, 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 grow, it reaches a time where tops, uh, uh, <laughs> th th that doesn't work. They think it is too childish. Yes. Then you need to begin thinking of something else. Uh, mm -hmm. At the older ages where my sons are, we find Bible study uh, tends to work uh, very well for us. And at that point also, it's very difficult to get them every day mm -hmm. to okay. be in, 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 the, uh, in the Bible study. So sometimes uh, at that age, you arrange uh, a Saturday evening we have our uh, family gathering. It doesn't mean you and your wife are not praying, no. but it's just that because they also have their programs, their people say, uh, oh, I'll be late with my friends and mm -hmm. things like this. Mm -hmm. So you just need to make sure at least there's uh, one time when they're all gathering together uh, and you're able to lead those prayers as mm -hmm. the family. Mm -hmm. But for you and your wife, as I said, <laughs> 31 years. <laughs> County. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop. Yes. There's somebody who had asked something as well, just along, along the same line. Yes. We see Noah, we see Abraham, we see Jacob. Every time they go to a place, something, they would lay an altar. Mm -hmm. is, it, was, is it something that was expected of men or expected of a priest? Or what mm -hmm. was that? Mm -hmm. Is it part of the, what you're doing now in the daily mm -hmm. devotions? Mm -hmm. Or how was that, Bishop? The, the altars that they would lay down, uh, especially when you look at the Abrahamic altars, yes. they were altars of encounters, mm -hmm. places where they met with God. They would turn those places into uh, a house of the Lord. This is a special place. We see that in Jacob also, mm -hmm. where they encounter the Lord. They say, sure, God is here, and they lay, they lay an altar. Because in essence, when we go to the traditional altar, uh, and uh, these days within prayer circles, uh, uh, we talk a lot about uh, some altars that needs to be canceled and things like yes. that. An altar is a place where uh, there is spiritual transaction going on. 
uh, you actually meet with God and there is a kind of spiritual transaction. So when we are talking of family altar, family devotion, we are talking of spiritual trans uh, transactions. Mm. This is very different from uh, uh, the family altar. Uh, traditional altars that we hear. Uh, there are altars that have to be broken and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes we meet in, 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 in prayer intercession, intercessory circles. Mm -hmm. Because those are more to deal with uh, uh, places where uh, 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 family figureheads made some uh, uh, engagements with powers that are not necessarily the power mm -hmm. of God. Uh, other spiritual forces, other spiritual powers, mm -hmm. they... they, 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 they they either engage with which doctors, they either made uh, uh, spiritual engagements, but not with the living God. Mm. Uh, those are those are the stranger, what some people refer to as strange altars uh, uh, that people have to deal with uh, in terms of prayers. Yeah. In fact, Fiona, Fiona and Aliyah can actually particularly ask a question and say the family altar and these altars that you're talking about, there seem to be similarity and there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And maybe she needed some clarity on how yeah, that is like. Yeah, yeah. That's because why... Some, sorry, Bishop. There's mm. some bit of pattern, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. where somebody says, in this family, this happens, happens, and can be traced down to some altar. Mm -hmm. I don't know what mm -hmm. you say, Bishop. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, at two levels. One is uh, when, uh, when we use that word altar, that's mm -hmm. why I think I tend to prefer devotion, family devotion. devotion. Uh, uh, theologically, family devotion sounds right more than family altar. Okay. Uh, but uh, uh, family altar is a phrase that has been used since the 18th century, 17th, 18th century, uh, when that idea was introduced mainly in the revival times, the Wesley revival times, and the idea of family altars were introduced. So you find some very old books uh, that are speaking of it as family altar okay. and, and basically talking of devotion or time when you get together as a family. Mm. Uh, but it basically means family devotions. Mm. Now, the others that we are referring to, although we also call them altars, uh, uh, it, it's a place where some kind of spiritual engagement mm. happened, but that the powers that were being engaged were not necessarily the power of God. An encounter with a witch doctor, uh, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, 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 family members have uh, uh, kind of made a covenant, mm -hmm. uh, made an alliance with, uh, with, with, with witchcraft. Uh, now, my own position uh, about some of these things uh, uh, is that uh, uh, sometimes I've found Christians to be extremely fearful for things that we may not need to be fearful about. Uh, this is an area of deep interest to me. Mm. So I've deeply read, I would say I'm a student of spiritual warfare, I'm a student, I've deeply read on this. Mm. And I've gone through the Bible, right from the book of Genesis, all the way to the book of Revelation. Mm. Looked at spaces where people encountered the demonic or the satanic, where they engaged these other spiritual uh, uh, forces and the relationship that they had with God. Going all the way to uh, Moses uh, dealing with... Uh, uh, Mo Mo Moses dealing with the uh, Janus and Jambres, the, the, the two magicians in Egypt. Uh, and what we find is that Moses was not the one who suffered. It is those magicians who reaches a time where they say, this one we can't compete with. Mm. Uh, going uh, to uh, uh, the prophet uh, who, who tried to curse the children of Israel uh, 
and, 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 and offer uh, uh, through sacrifices. Again, God refusing to, 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 to adhere to that. Now, I've looked through this throughout the whole Bible, and my own conclusion is that if you are a believer, there is no need for a believer to fear either traditional altar, because when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he delivers you Amen. from all iniquities. Amen. He sets you free. And the Bible says he's translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, Amen. whom he loves. Amen. So we, we, we are a people who are now in the kingdom of God. So we do not need to fear whatever altars may be there. Amen. Now, if they were there and we are aware, my parents used to do this, or my uh, father used to do this, or we, are, we were even inducted, uh, lacerated uh, on our stomachs, uh, or given some some, uh, uh, you know, chains uh, yes. uh, that we, we, we uh, mm. what do we call them? Uh, yes. uh, some charms that mm. we are tying down or carrying in our pockets. Uh, that we need to come before the Lord and re re recant. Recant is uh, saying, I renounce this thing. Uh, 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 any effect that it has had in my life, I completely renounce it in the name of Jesus uh, because now that I've given myself to Jesus, I'm starting my life afresh. Uh, they will not have any effect upon my life. Amen. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful, Bishop. <laughs> I think you need to come back and, like, Bereans, we want to hear you on this matter again. <laughs> Bishop, um, this mat matter of family altar again. Yes. Arode Kidula uh, put it in our post and said, every time we say a man is a priest of a home, everybody thinks of a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have tackled it a bit. But what is really the role? Are we, is a man really expected to be a priest of a home? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, that word priest needs to be qualified because sometimes when there is wrong expectation, mm. we get kind of disappointed. Okay. Now, uh, the, the priest in the Old Testament economy existed for several purposes. Uh, and one of the purposes was that he would offer offerings and sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. He was a go-between uh, on behalf of the people. Mm. So if people had seen the priest, would, uh, they would bring their goats and they would lay hands on them and sacrifice them on behalf of the people. It would be the one who would be entering into the Holy of Holies on behalf of the people. That's the high priest. He would be the, the one who would be going on uh, before the altar and offering these sacrifices on behalf of the people. Now, sometimes when we talk about the man being the priest of the home, that's the kind of conception that comes to our mind, that uh, the man should be the one going in yes. before the, uh, the presence of the Lord. The man should be the one praying. The man should be the one leading. The man should be the one. But that's a wrong conception because when we come to the New Testament, uh, we now talk of the priesthood of all believers. Amen. And when we are talking of the priesthood of all believers, it simply means that every believer, a young man, a young woman, an old woman, and a, a man, a, whatever their gender, every believer is now a priest before the Lord. And what that means is that the curtain has been torn apart. Yes. The doorway has been created. Everyone now can have access into the most holy presence of the Father without any restriction at all. You do not need a man. You do not need a woman. You do not need, you do not need anyone special. You, don't, you do not even need a pastor to help you have access to the Heavenly Father. Every one of us now have access to the Father. So in that sense, every one of us is a priest before the Lord. And Peter speaks about that uh, in, in his book when it says we are a royal priesthood. Uh, he has made us priests and kings. The book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 also talks about that where he has made us priests and kings to our God. So we are priests, we are kings, every one of us. 
Now, when we are talking of the man being the priest of the home, I think what many people are making reference to is that the man needs to give leadership to the family devotion. And by giving leadership doesn't mean he's the one who needs to be praying every day for the family. It simply means he needs to create an atmosphere where this family devotion is actually taking place in his home. And uh, tapping into all the resources that he has in his home, his children, uh, his wife, uh, whoever else is in that household. Uh, tapping in that household resource uh, so that uh, all of them are actually participating. Now, it's very strange that uh, um, uh, since the Sunday school movement started in the 18th century, uh, uh, many of us uh, have tended to uh, leave uh, uh, that role to the church, to the pastors, the role of raising up the children to fear God. But when we look at the Old Testament economy, it was a family role where the, 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 the Lord would say, uh, tie this on your forehead, put these words on the door, put them on the, uh, let everyone who comes in have them, uh, teach them to your children. And, and, uh, and we, we, we read, Joshua says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It was a kind of a household salvation. We find that in the book of Acts chapter 16, when the jailer is saved, and uh, Paul tells the jailer, and you will be saved with the whole of your household. There tended to be uh, this household salvation that uh, I, I think we need to recover in our thinking, uh, where people who are dwelling with the household, the slaves who are there uh, the, 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 uh, in, in that period of time, the slaves who are in the household, they were all part and parcel of this household salvation, this household following after the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and I think that's what we are talking about when we are talking of family devotions. Not necessarily that the man is the one who is to pray for people every time, mm -hmm. but the man needs to create an atmosphere. Uh, perhaps I need to use the word a system. Mm -hmm where family devotions are actually taking place. Now, I know we men, including myself, <laughs> we sometimes need a lot of encouragement. Uh, uh, sometimes we get discouraged by very little things. If my wife is tired and one evening she says, uh, tonight I'm too tired, uh, and, and, or if I come home very, very exhausted, I've had a bad day in the office myself, mm. and I say, uh, th that was a terrible day for me, then the next three, four, five days, we don't pick up again in our devotion. Our devotions breaks up. Mm. So without necessarily being legalistic about it, mm. I think it is very important that it's something that we need to cultivate that should be ongoing mm. without being legalistic about it. Mm. My own view is that uh, it falls at uh, three spaces. Number one, the personal space. And the personal space is where I myself, am I having my own devotion as a man in the home? Wow where I read my Bible, uh, and I have a system that I use to read my Bible that embarrasses me when I skip a day or two. It shows me I've fallen behind, and uh, I use that system to make sure I'm reading my Bible mm. and I'm responding to God in prayer. Mm. Secondly, am I, and my, am I and my wife praying together as a couple? And not just praying together occasionally, praying together every day as a couple. Uh, again, uh, as a husband, that I need to make sure that I and my wife pray together. There's no better way to resolve family conflicts, <laughs> like when we have quarreled quarrel with my wife, <laughs> than we go together before the Lord and pray. That's an excellent opportunity for us to be able to come out of prayer mm -hmm. and say, I'm very sorry for what I said. I'm very sorry for the harsh words I spoke. Because through prayer, you can't continue to remain the way you used to be. Mm -hmm. So am I and my wife praying together? 
And then at the third level, are we gathering the whole family together also to pray, to have an opportunity to engage with the Lord? Wow. So at those three levels, individually, the couple, and then the family. Amen. Yeah. Oh, Bishop. I'm sure some Adams are getting blessed to hear even Bishop. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Once in a while. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Talking about legalistic, there's something you mentioned about legalistic. Bishop. Yes. And I remember David Satundo also asking, yeah. then should the family devotions then have adopt a certain manner? Maybe there's a place, maybe a way at a lit like the Israelites. <laughs> 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 what kind of demeanor or behavior should I adopt in oh, the family devotions yes. <laughs> to keep it that serious? <laughs> no, no. Or, or, or when I pray myself or mm. when I pray with my wife, we don't have a, a, a place. Yes. My wife, we sometimes pray when we are in bed. We sometimes <laughs> get out of bed and sit down. We sometimes take our breakfast. Then we come and pray. The only thing we know is every day we must pray together. Wow. So uh, no rules. But when we are doing it with the boys, mm. then uh, we say uh, after dinner, we would say we'll take our dinner after dinner. Then we go to the sitting room. Mm. We sit down. More recently, we have started adding uh, a hymn. Uh, so we, we play a hymn on there. <laughs> we, we sing along on, on, on TV as yes. we put a, a hymn on YouTube and, and we sing along with that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 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 we distribute the Bible. Uh, one person uh, reads the Bible, one person reads the devotional book that we are using, mm -hmm. and then another person uh, uh, leads in prayers. Sometimes if there are too many prayer items, we distribute them among the family members so that more people participate. So we, we are not very, uh, when it comes to that, we are not very, very rigid on, on on, 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 uh, who is doing what. Mm. But what we do is that we, we, we have to do it. Mm. Uh, so find a place. <laughs> For the wider family, it's good when you have a place. Mm. Uh, the sitting room is a good place. You sit down together. You may say after dinner, I know of other families who do it before dinner, mm. uh, that the first thing you do, uh, the food is ready. You all sit together here. You have your devotion together. Then the food is served on the table. Mm. So whichever uh, uh, area you choose as a family, I think that would uh, suffice for you. Yeah. I love Bishop that you've simplified it so, <laughs> so, so amazingly. So where did this idea of talits and uh, wearing things come from? <laughs> to give a prayer. <laughs> I, I, I think that's more of an Israelite uh, uh, background. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the priest would wear, uh, 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 it, it looks like uh, what the Anglican priest put across their yes. shoulders mm. uh, as a prayer, uh, a prayer shawl, they mm. used to call it. It's a prayer, yeah, shawl, yeah, prayer shawl. A prayer shawl that you'd be, uh, one would be wearing. Uh, you, you can pray when you're in jeans. <laughs> Uh, you can be in a T-shirt mm -hmm. uh, uh, as a family members. You can be dressed in your uh, a blanket because it is too cold like mm -hmm. now, yes. covering yourself with a blanket, uh, a Maasai shuka, and, and you pray. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't, attire doesn't really matter uh, when you're having family devotions. I think you be natural. Mm. Uh, don't be uptight about it. Sometimes some of us become so uptight that people are not even relaxed during the prayer time. Just be natural about it. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to hear from me, Bishop, that yeah. kind of way. Because I think I know of some charges that insist maybe that you have to cover your hair yeah. and somebody has to quickly pull in a scarf just to make sure before they go to the house of the Lord and pray yeah. together, they must have been covered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Um, Allow me to also ask you, I think this was uh, a question that I was also asked by, by some people. Mm. Then how do you then raise an altar? Mm. How do you, apart from what you've explained, mm. that simplicity, mm. so there's no really no other formula than just coming together to pray. There's no 
there's no science about it. Mm. I know you're a chemistry teacher and a physics yes, teacher. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. But there's no, there's no other formula. Just put it together. No, I, I think, I th I think uh, what you need to do, especially if you have not been doing it and you want to start, yes, uh, get your family together. Uh, and, and this is something that we also like to do. We like mm. to eat together as a family. Uh, have dinner uh, during dinner table. Uh, breakfast, because people live at different times, that's different. But uh, dinner, we like to eat together. Now, uh, in occasions like that, you can discuss with the family and say, hey, we want to start uh, uh, having our family devotion. Uh, how do you think uh, uh, we need to do this, especially if they are of that age of discussion? Because what you get then is a buy-in. And once you've gotten a buy-in, it's easier to get their participation more than you coming, hey, from today onwards, I mm. want everyone at 8 o'clock, <laughs> everyone downstairs yes. in the sitting room, and we are doing family prayers. Then you become authoritarian. Mm. It's not really... Uh, so, so, so try to get a buy-in from the wider family. Even a buy-in in terms of what do we do during that devotion? How do we read the Bible? Someone will say, oh, why don't we start from this book? Give them options. Says, which book do you want? The other time we were asking my sons, they say, why don't we start with the book of Esther and then go to this other book and this other book? So they let them have some suggestions. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you feel you need to use resources, uh, because sometimes uh, you will not be there to be leading it every night. Uh, are there some um, resources that are available? In the bookshops in town, there are quite a number of resources that are available for family devotions uh, that one can actually uh, 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 use, uh, including uh, uh, Scripture Union uh, has a, a whole year resource that one can be able to use and uh, focus as Bible study guides if one gets to focus Bible study guides that one can use in a family discussion if you are a wider family. The more mature ones mm. can do very well, especially uh, dealing with the high school, college age, uh, can do very well with, uh, with, with, the, with the Bible study guides. Uh, then uh, uh, if, if you have younger ones, uh, then uh, go to Keswick, get some devotional tops uh, and, and just look, uh, read through that with them together and uh, give them opportunity uh, it helps to have something that guides you uh, and that leads you. Or if you don't have that, then some commitments that we are starting with this book. Mm. We will be doing either a chapter every day, uh, going throughout the whole book. Wow. Uh, yes, it doesn't require any <laughs> kind of formula, but you require a buy-in from mm. the rest of the family members. Uh, wow. Because if you don't have a buy-in, then uh, 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 the response will not be too good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, We're really enjoying that particular aspect. You've demystified the whole thing of being a priest. I'm sure the Adams are excited right now. Yeah. Yes. And names are feeling amen. Please speak to the aspect of being a man, a prophet. Yes. You profess it now in, in yes. this particular yeah. family altars, yeah. or what happens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm aware there are people who uh, uh, prophesy mm. over their families. Mm. Uh, uh, I think for me, I, I like more of the scriptural aspect, yes. that there are some words that you can actually uh, speak uh, uh, over your family, particularly when we are praying for uh, our children and things like that. And, and you speak some words that uh, 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 are scriptural, but words that you want of them, uh, you want to happen to them, uh, you'll be a success. Uh, Lord, put your shield round about them, uh, hem them in, and just speak scriptural words around, around, around your family. I, I would view that more as uh, uttering uh, prophetic words that would actually sustain uh, uh, your children. And, and it's important for us to remember that uh, uh, when you start with your children when they're young, in the middle, and uh, let me speak with parents, fathers here, uh, in the middle, 
son or a daughter may seem to uh, uh, be veering off at some point or another. You've done your best as a parent uh, and you're feeling, uh, uh, I raised this child, we did family devotion together, but they are not going on the way that we had said. Uh, don't condemn yourself. Uh, uh, continue praying for them. Because if you did it well in those early days, uh, they will always come back. Amen. They will remember and they will always come back. When they are in trouble, they will remember, they will always come back uh, to the ways of faith. So raise up a child in the way that they should grow and they will ever remember it. Scripture also admonishes us. Uh, they will not forget it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Bishop. Yeah. Allow me to, I know time is, is quickly running out. But could you speak to the single mothers and single parents, for that matter, yeah. who then were feeling, since I don't have a man in the house, mm, I don't have mm, a priest, yeah, and I'm disadvantaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we do have quite a number of that category, including uh, widows, including uh, uh, single mothers, including those who are separated and maybe even divorced. Mm. And uh, yet you love the Lord and you, you care about the Lord. Uh, uh, is it that in your house, therefore, the Bible should not be read because there is no man in the house? I think no. And the reason I say no is that, as I said a little earlier on, the New Testament economy shifts us to the point where we have a priesthood of all believers. Uh, so whether you are a woman, whether you are a man, uh, you, you are actually a priest of our God. And the Bible strongly advocates that. And because of that, you can still be able to organize a, a prayer, a, 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 a devotional time within your family because each and every one of us, whether man or woman, if you are uh, uh, if you're the leader in the home, you can still be able to set up a, a, a prayer uh, model. And uh, by the way, just to mention to you that uh, although Adams, uh, like me, are the ones who may uh, be able to set up those systems, but once you are agreed on them, the, the wives become a great helpers because they pick it up and they really run with it. And uh, when you arrive in the home, you have arrived late. Hey, did you pray tonight? Did you get together, children, yes. and pray? The, the, the wives know have ways of, of keeping those systems running uh, uh, once you've set the system as, uh, as a man in the home. So set the system as a man. If there is no man in the home, uh, don't give up. Uh, set up your own system and keep it running. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm so getting blessed because I know my wife is more active when it comes to family <laughs> devotion yes. than myself. She's yes. the one who calls us and just reminds us. So I'm really getting blessed. Yes. You know, I don't have to feel guilty that I've not been the, playing the role of a priest. <laughs> no, you need to. Your role is there to mobilize them, set the system up. Yes. But uh, I, I think women tend to, uh, a lot of mothers and uh, tend to uh, desire that their children pray together. So they, they will be marshalling people. They'll be saying, please come. Mm -hmm. But we as fathers, we need to be able to uh, set the system that's running. Amen. Yes, Amen. Yes. Thank you, Bishop. Yes. Please, allow, please could you give us your parting shot on this particular uh, subject? Yeah, I, I, th I think mine is just to mention the shaping of uh, a nation starts with the shaping of children. And the shaping of children takes place within the home setting. So as uh, uh, fathers, as Adams, uh, uh, I would encourage us very, very much, uh, let's set the home setting in such a situation that children would automatically grow up to love the Lord and to walk in the ways of their parents because they are seeing that also in the lives of their parents as well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. No, thank you, Bishop. Thank you yeah. so much. I know some of us could be going through a very difficult season as well. Mm. I would go through difficult times and sometimes we could have felt maybe there was no one praying for me and... And we are in that place that we need prayer. Could mm. you kindly pray for us and pray for such, mm. such dear ones as well? Yeah, yeah. 
Our Father and our God, we honor and bless and praise you that you have uh, raised up a man and uh, given them the role of giving leadership to the family. It's not necessarily an authoritarian kind of leadership, mm. uh, neither coercive leadership, but a leadership where you, the sovereign Lord, is the role model that we follow in order to guide our families. Mm. And so I pray for the various men who are listening right now and ask of you to uh, intervene in their respective situations. Their circumstances may be difficult, Lord. Some who are struggling because they do not have jobs, they have lost their jobs, and yet they need to be the providers of the family. Lord, where there's been tension with their spouses because of some challenges of income, we just want to pray for the men and ask you to stand with them. Some who've been struggling in raising up family devotions, Lord, we pray that you'd give them insights that as they go back home, they would be able to take on this responsibility of guiding the family. And so be with them and be with all of us, Lord. Minister to our wives, our children as well. We commend them to you. Uh, let our houses and our homes be places uh, where the Lord is worshipped and honoured. We thank you and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bishop, for finding time to really speak to us on this particular subject. Thank you. And again, we want to hear you on this matter. We are not yet. Thank we you. hope your time will allow so that you can come back and give us a conversation again. Thank you. And for Adam, thank you for being part of this conversation. And Eve, thank you for being part of this conversation as well. It's always, always a joy to have you and to hear from you. Remember, our lines are 20933 or 0717-400. 555. Or could just go to our YouTube pages and repost our comment, and it's always a pleasure to hear from you. Now it's time to leave the cave, and we look forward to being with you again in the only station where we look and live, and where we listen and live. Have a blessed week, and see you soon. <laughs>